Well, one of the things I think about with um, fostering a growth mindset in my students is really about me giving up control to my students. I think that is so important. I think it's, um, you know, it's an act of vulnerability on our part, um, but it also shows that we respect and trust our students. And then I think they respond in kind. And when we step back, they step up. The topic of today's podcast is fostering a growth mindset for teachers and students. Tech Talk for Teachers. Want to practice? Tech Tech Talk for Teachers. The podcast where teachers discuss how technology can positively transform teaching and learning. I'm Rena Clark. I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Pam Beckerman. We are digital learning specialists. And we're here to share actionable teaching strategies for remote and blended learning. Education is our passport to the future. And our quote today comes from Audrey Hepburn. Nothing is impossible. The word itself says, I'm possible. All right. I think I'm a fan of Audrey Hepburn. I love mm-hmm. this wordplay in this one, you know, of I'm and I'm possible, impossible, I'm possible. I love that wordplay. And it's actually an example of what is possible. Might not be obvious at first, but after, you know, you look at it with the right mindset, there's a whole new meaning. Mm-hmm. Which makes you think that things aren't always as they appear or as they start out. So when we look at something from a different perspective or change our mindset or one little thing, the new possibilities completely open up. So thinking of new possibilities, and how might we foster a growth mindset in education for both ourselves as educators and for our students? Yes, both. So we're going to dive into this today. And the first topic we're going to examine is develop a growth mindset in our students. So specifically thinking around student mindset. Um, And like with many things, we first need to teach our students about what growth mindset is and give them an opportunity to practice it. So define it. And I know we've mentioned this before, but using those T charts or Y charts to think about what does it look like, sound like, and feel like to have a growth mindset is really going to help students embody that. And then I know with younger learners, well, actually, I think it's still prevalent with adults and even older learners using picture books. I love picture books and older kids might say they don't, but they really do like picture books. Mm -hmm. So a couple picture books I've loved. One of my favorite books of all time is called After the Fall. So it has to do with what Humpty Dumpty does after he falls and gets back up again. And it's if you haven't read this book, it's amazing. So it talks about how he basically has this growth mindset and gets back up and he's scared of heights. <laughs> but he unfortunate. but he loved birds. So he designs like oh. paper airplane and eventually his paper airplane, this is a spoiler alert, but it gets stuck at the top and he has to climb back up. And I'll save the ending for you because the ending's amazing. Um hmm. for you to read that book. So I've you not can read use, that one. Oh, well, it's a great one. So you can use those picture books and then have those discussions and then even use those charts to think about character and it can be embedded into your literacy lesson. Um, Another great book that I like is Jabari Jumps. So if you're looking for another story about a little boy who is scared to jump off the high dive (laughs) and his growth mindset, he keeps trying and how his mindset changes. So those are just some little jump off points. (laughs) So should we jump off to Pam? 
Yeah. Ooh, sure. Well, one of the things I think about with um, fostering a growth mindset in my students is really about me giving up control to my students. I think that is so important. I think it's, um, you know, it's an act of vulnerability on our part, um, but it also shows that we respect and trust our students. And then I think they respond in kind. And when we step back, they step up, which I think is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's also an opportunity to um, build relationships. One of the um, comments on Twitter I thought was so powerful is that it all starts with relationships. When we feel connected, we care, we try, and we're willing to admit our failures because we trust we will be treated with understanding and support. Mm -hmm. And that's critical to um, have students have that opportunity to feel like they can take the risks that are necessary for them to develop their growth mindset. I think we had another t-shirt moment. Mm -hmm. We did. Step back and step up. I like that one. When we step back, they step up. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to get that t-shirt. That that would be a bestseller. Uh, One thing that I think about too, it, is when you see growth mindset, call it out. Because I don't think kids oftentimes realize that they're growing when they do. You know, it's just another little increment in the next day. But we can see that growth and we can help them identify that so they can continue to grow from it. Um, Honestly, I think the arts are a great way to teach growth mindset because it's not so black and white as a test score. You know, it's all a continuum. It's like, are you getting more audience response, less audience response. You know, a singer-songwriter performs a song, and if the audience just sits there falling asleep, I might have to do something different to the song. You know, <laughs> and then I, not that I have a personal experience with that. Well, yeah, I might. But uh, then you can, you can try something different and then see how the audience responds to it the next time. That real audience, that authentic audience can be a powerful source of feedback, more than just a, a test score or you know, okay, I got eight right this time and nine right next time. You know, I I think it's just a a more powerful thing. Absolutely. Along the lines of growth mindset, yes, we want our, our students to have a growth mindset. That's immensely important to us as teachers. But teachers also need to have a growth mindset. And that has never been more evident that right now in the, in the midst of teaching in a pandemic where people are thrust into remote learning and very few, if any teachers really went to school to be a remote learner, you know, there might be a few online education students, but we kind of expected to teach face to face and we've all had to be vulnerable and grow. There's a huge learning curve for some teachers. It's the technology itself. You know, I, if I had a dollar for every time I heard a teacher say, I'm not really good at technology. You know, and if that let them stop, yeah, we would. We would, we would <laughs> I know they would. They would never grow. And I think most of them come to the realization at some point, it is the yet thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the whole yet approach. I'm not there yet. And uh, once they realize that, they can really, and they do. They do great things. Mm-hmm. And I I like that you alluded to the fact that they would never say that to or about their students. Mm-hmm. That self talk. And I was like, would you say that? to your students and they're like, oh no, well, why are you saying it to yourself? Or why are you thinking that way? But just, I think calling attention to your thought process. And I know there's other practices like um, implicit bias and other things. It's just being aware of the thinking that's happening in your mind. And why are you thinking that? And that that's going to allow you then to shift it. So being aware is really important and knowing you would never say that to your students. So why are you saying it to yourselves? And 
Sometimes we can have a growth mindset in our teaching practices. I know right now I'm being bombarded by how am I going to give students grades on their report card and everything else that's happening. And I'm wondering if we just shift our mindset to it's really not about grades or it's about relationships and then thinking about how can we improve student learning and capture that. I am currently taking some classes at a university and at um, Michigan State, and it's really interesting because they are actually implementing something called ungrading practices, which I mm. hadn't heard of before. Mm. So it means that everyone actually starts with a 4.0, so essentially an A, and they we get feedback, and we are expected to use that feedback to improve our learning and if we, if the instructors feel like we're not meeting our potential, like that's when we have a conversation about our grade going down. It's really interesting. So it's really mm -hmm. focused on the individual and growing. And so being in that environment is really helpful. So not so much emphasis on grades. And I know there's different standards-based grading and other ways of doing things out there, but even shifting our own mindsets around what we're doing, especially during a pandemic, is it really about relationships and building those social emotional learning skills? And then the learning will come after that. It's okay. So we need to shift. <laughs> you know, we talked about relationships a couple episodes ago too, and how key that was and how that's the foundation for trust. I think of when, um, when Pam and I actually started our new job, we started together. She we did. Uh, she got to sign her contract 30 seconds before me. So she is a little <laughs> higher on the seniority chart. As it should be. <laughs> as it should be. Absolutely. Um, but one, this will never leave my mind. You know, we're in, in a meeting with our, our new boss and he was so good about modeling how you don't have to be perfect. He's like, oh yeah, I wasn't so good at that before. Or, you know, he would model the fact that we are growing and that we don't have to be perfect today. And that just relaxed me. You know, it, it said, oh, so I can really grow here in this job. I feel like I can take risks. I can become better and I will have somebody who supports me in that. And, you know, I think we can be that for each other as teachers as well. Yeah, it's so empowering. And then think of how that made us feel, how that would make students feel if we did the same for them, um, created that environment for them as well. We had a um, Twitter conversation. We do our weekly um, live Twitter chats on Tuesday evening, and my growth mindset was one of the topics. And kind of the gist of some of those statements really kind of highlight the things that you, you've already said. But um, one person said, I don't believe you can effectively teach students about growth mindset if you're not willing to model it yourself. Call it out when it happens and use it as a teachable moment. Mm -hmm. When students see us grow, it's extremely empowering for them. They realize they don't have to be perfect on the first try. Um, it's really demonstrating that lifelong learning. Um, for us, it's really losing that perfectionist mindset and giving ourselves grace, just like you were saying, Rena, that um, we should talk to ourselves the same way that we would talk to our students, that it's okay. It's I'll the next time it's I'm not there yet and it's okay. And I think showing that vulnerability in front of students, um, again, lets them know that we're all learners and it's okay. It's just part of the learning process is um, we fail before we sail and that's all right. Yeah. yeah. It makes me think of a conversation I recently had with a teacher offering support is especially, so we use Zoom, but in that um, synchronous learning time, sometimes there's just that weird dead time um, because they were getting stressed and they were trying to figure out how to do something. And I said, you know, if you want, instead of just having it be on mute, you can talk through students and explain what's happening. Oh, right now my slides aren't working. So I'm adjusting and just 
having that external dialogue. So you're modeling for students. Oh, it's okay. I'm learning too. And as Paul mentioned, this is a time more than ever where I would say individuals are in environments where they don't maybe have the confidence that they once had, and they're going to have to shift that mindset very quickly. The other thing that made me think of is us talking it through, but also reaching out to our students, mm-hmm. respecting that the knowledge might be in the room among them and just say, you know, I'm, hmm, this is where I'm stuck. Anybody have an, any ideas? I think really inspires and motivates them that we are learners together. Some of the most inspiring times during like professional development when I've been working with other teachers is when they see me struggling with technology. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, they just like take a deep breath and they relax and they say, oh, you don't know how Mm -hmm. good it makes me feel to see you struggle with that. (laughs) That comment many times. I am far from perfect. (laughs) I think it's not just the struggle. I, you know, with my own kiddos, it's also just about the working hard. Like it, it doesn't necessarily come natural, but we actually, how much effort and energy do I have to put in? Because when things are easy, then I don't have to think about it. But really also showing that the work ethic is important as well and understanding that. I've always said to my students, the things that you have to work the hardest for are the things that you will be most proud of when you're done. So true. All right. Well, let's let's hop into a little bit of a tool talk with Pam. Ooh, it is time for tool talk. All right. Well, today's tool talk is part tool and part strategy. It's about um, how can we use digital e-binders and e-portfolios for students to collect artifacts of their learning? Because when they collect those artifacts, those exemplars of their work, students can then see and therefore reflect upon and celebrate their learning growth that they occurred over an extended period of time. We don't know what happens from day one to day two to day three. But month one or try one to try three or year, the opportunity with digital now, we don't need this big file cabinets that I used to have to try to store it and then try to pull it back out. It's at easy hand. And so there are a lot of tools that can support those digital e-binders and portfolios um, like Google Sites or Microsoft OneNote, even um, Google Slides and PowerPoint can um, be that tool um, to support those e-binders and e-portfolios. Yeah. And what I think kind of what I'm thinking about those e-portfolios or e-binders is that they can be great for creating a positive digital tattoo or digital footprint um, because students, I know colleges now, if I, I think a recent statistic was like, if you turn in a portfolio, they'll spend up to five more minutes looking at it than an application. Um, so the other thing is if you, they're going to search your social media and if your social media is filled with, blog posts and other things that are from your portfolio, that's going to really prepare students for college and career. And also thinking about them as global collaborators and preparing for those futures that completely involve are digitized, essentially, they're going to live in that digital world. So we might as well boost them and give them a safe and positive way to boost their digital tattoo. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we can have them start that with really simple tools. Mm -hmm. Simple doesn't mean limiting. In fact, sometimes when you put limits on the tool itself, it inspires greater creativity because you have to kind of think of new ways to use that same tool in in new and inspiring ways. Two that I really think of, one you mentioned earlier, Pam, and that was uh, Google Slides. Mm -hmm. 
it's a really easy mm -hmm. tool to use. Same with PowerPoint, but you can do really versatile things with it. You can make learning kiosks. You can hyperlink slides together. You can play with the design. You can do things in the, in the slide master in the background so you can't move it on the front. You can uh, use it to celebrate, or you can even build drag and drop things by putting things in the margin. I mean, who puts things in the margin on a presentation? But it's another way to look at it, right, and, and use it. Um, and the other one is Seesaw, especially for our youngest learners. I think one of the greatest powers mm -hmm. of Seesaw is its simplicity and mm -hmm. its accessibility for those young kids. They can draw. They can take pictures. They can do video. There's so many different things they can use with one simple tool. I'm just going to say as a parent, so my – kiddos you see saw and I remember last year so I have first graders this year but they're kindergartners last year and they're developing readers and what I loved as a parent because it was shared with me and I could even show them remember when you were reading like this basically not reading and now you're reading and I have I have a running record I have a recording of it and grandma can see it too and I, I just really appreciate that as far as the parent side and then being able to show that to them they were so proud of themselves well and just think how that feeds into that growth mindset mm-hmm like, well, look at the growth. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, hopefully we've grown in our thoughts today during our podcast. And, and let's think about maybe that one thing that we can take away from our conversation on growth mindset. And Reno, why don't we have you start? All right. So thinking hard work, effort, and persistence are all important, but not as important as having the underlying belief that you are in control of your own destiny. So that growth mindset is the most important of all because none of those other things happen without Love growth it. mindset. Love it. For me, it's the intentionality of teaching growth mindset because we're not born with it. I think for so long, I, it was like a peripheral thing in terms of my instruction, but really the need to be intentional about that and calling it out so that we can develop the growth mindset in our learners and about giving the, them those rigorous learning experiences so that they develop the stamina as well as the um, mindset to meet those challenges. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And, you know, not only call it out when you see it, but label it. Mm -hmm. That's growth mindset. Mm -hmm. That's what you need to be doing. That's awesome. And in the spirit of growth mindset, we invite all of our listeners to keep growing with us every week. We hope you come back next week as we tackle another topic in education and in becoming a better educator. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Teachers. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can explore tech tips, grab-and-go lessons, templates, and videos that will help you bring remote learning to life. We want to hear from you, so let's continue the conversation. Join us each Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central for live chat on Twitter, where we will facilitate conversations related to remote and hybrid learning. Look for hashtag Tech Talk for Teachers. We will discuss your responses on future podcasts. You can also call us and leave a message at 858-223-8999. Please share your comments or feel free to ask us a question. Once again, that's 858-223-8999. We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Tech Talk for Teachers. Thanks for listening and have a great week. And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thanks for all you do. You make a difference. <laughs>